The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Welcome to the first episode of the Gut Pharmacist Podcast. Today, we are talking about something really controversial, something that really confuses a lot of people. We will talk about why acid isn't the cause of reflux. Now, there's a lot of thoughts, I'm sure, going in your head. (laughs) How is reflux possibly not due to acid? You feel the acid, it burns, there's obviously some acid present. Yes, but it's a lot more complicated than that, and I'm going to simplify it for you as best as I can. Reflux is the most common digestive disorder, and proton pump inhibitors are the most common digestive drug. They're passed out like candy. I was on them. My stepdad was on them. My mom was on them. My grandma, my grandpa, my friends. It's a normal thing. It's a very common drug. You can even get a lot of acid-reducing medications at your store, right? They're just so common. Now, (sighs) reflux is the most common digestive disorder, but what if acid wasn't the issue? What if stopping acid production not only didn't fix the reflux, but actually caused more problems. And I can tell you, it definitely does based on the work that I do and the cases that I see. But first, let's rewind a bit. Let's start with why acid is actually important. And I'm talking about stomach acid. We often learn about how disease works, but not how wellness works how the body is supposed to work in a healthy state. In a healthy body, we're supposed to have sufficient stomach acid production. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a very necessary and good thing. It is an essential secretion for many digestive processes and processes outside the digestive system. So it is very critical. For one, it's a huge sterilizer, so it reduces the risk of bacteria, parasites, fungi, viruses, anything that enters initially through the oral tract. Because honestly, everything we eat and drink is not sterile. In fact, there are a lot of organisms that we're taking in every day, including things like parasites. Our stomach acid is one of our first lines of defense to these pathogens that can potentially come in. And if you think about our oral microbiome, we're swallowing these path these not pathogens, and some people it could be, but we're swallowing these bacteria and organisms every couple seconds as much as we swallow. So our stomach acid helps to sterilize anything that enters the oral from the oral to the stomach, and also whatever we swallow. Okay, so it's a huge sterilizer. Stomach acid is also very important for absorption. Helps us absorb nutrients, things like B12 and zinc. We need adequate stomach acid to absorb nutrients as well as proteins. Stomach acid has something called pepsin in it, which helps to digest proteins and start the process of absorption. Stomach acid also helps to break down food, right? It's not 
complete absorption. That's where the small intestine and some of the large intestine come in, but the stomach is meant to churn and slosh the food around to make it change volume and also break it down more for easier digestion down the digestive tract. So as we can imagine, it takes bigger pieces of food and shrinks them into smaller pieces of food. So it reduces pressure. This is going to be an important fact here for when I talk about how reflux happens. Stomach acid also activates the rest of the digestive system. So the pancreatic enzymes, the bile from the gallbladder, which helps us to break down and absorb fats. Stomach acid is also necessary for adequate digestion, absorption, and assimilation. So overall, it is a very critical part of digestion. So why are we stopping it? Why are we thinking that it's a bad thing when it's doing all of these good things? More importantly, what happens when we stop stomach acid production? So the risks of lowering stomach acid production or having low stomach acid in general can cause many different problems. In general, we can have overgrowth of pathogens. We can have parasites come in. Just like I said, we can have bacteria come in. We can have things like SIBO and H. pylori, which are something I could talk about on a completely different episode. SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. The, the small intestine is supposed to be relatively sterile. The stomach acid is helpful for that to be reduced right? So the stomach acid reduces any type of bacterial overgrowth that can come from the stomach into the small intestine. There's also H. pylori. So yes, if you have low stomach acid, you are more at risk for one of the most common gut infections and one of the most common contributors to ulcers, reflux, and gastritis. So having low stomach acid puts you at risk for a pathogen that can cause reflux. Crazy, right? And of course, without acid production, we have less absorption and we're more at risk for nutritional deficiencies. Now, remember I told you that breaking down food and reducing food particles from larger to smaller sizes reduces pressure. That was an important factor there. So stomach acid reduces pressure in the abdomen, okay? So if you're not having enough production, you can imagine that the food will stay in larger particles and larger volume, and that can increase abdominal pressure and therefore increase your risk of reflux. So hopefully this is all making sense here. And we also have to consider the sphincters. We have the lower esophageal sphincter, which is the connection from the esophagus to the stomach and also the pyloric sphincter, the stomach to the small intestine. Those are both pH driven. And even before that, of course, we have the nervous system, which regulates everything, but we're not going to get that in depth yet. Just looking at the sphincters, they are regulated by pH and also pressure. So if we can imagine stomach acid regulates both pressure and pH, it's also going to impact the sphincters. And the lower esophageal sphincter not working properly is a very common contributor to reflux. 
And how can we regulate that? By regulating our stomach acid levels. Wow. <laughs> Isn't this all just blowing your mind? The first time I put all of these things together, my mind was completely blown. So hopefully I have changed your perspective a little bit because education is empowering. It empowers the body. It empowers the mind. So hopefully that clears up any misconceptions there. In my opinion, why are we even using these acid-reducing medications when, one, they're not fixing reflux and they're actually doing more harm than good? I have so many clients who are on them and, one, it didn't work for them, but now they have things like SIBO, candida, nutritional deficiencies. These medications are being passed out like candy and they're hurting so many different people. Taking all of that, you're probably wondering, well, how do I fix my reflux then? First, we have to understand how it actually works. And I did clear up a lot of that. Reflux is not an issue of acid. It's how the acid is getting there. There's some people who have the silent type of reflux, also known as LPR, laryngopharyngeal reflux. That's a very long word, but the LPR silent reflux, a lot of those people don't have the acid and the burning sensation or the heartburn. They have more of the mucus and the gargling in the throat, a lot of throat clearing and hoarseness. Maybe their ears and nose are affected by the pepsins coming up. So not everyone with reflux has the acid, but for those who do, you're still probably wondering, well, why is this acid burning me then? Isn't this a lot of acid? Isn't this hyperacidity? Not necessarily. Any amount of acid, small or large, will burn if it's in the wrong place. The tissues in the throat are not designed to handle the acid like the tissues of the stomach. So they shouldn't be there, number one. But how are they getting there? So reflux happens due to a mixture of nervous system dysregulation, which regulates the sphincter secretions, pretty much everything, pressure imbalances, so anything that can increase centralized pressure, pushing on the stomach, which therefore impairs the pressure of the sphincters, pushes everything up. So things like obesity, SIBO, because of all the gas, contributes to pressure. Constipation, same thing, lots of pressure, pushing things up. Fatty liver, all those things that increase pressure. So we have to make sure that we're not putting any more pressure on our stomach and pH imbalances. pH imbalances like low secretions, the stomach should be acidic and the esophagus should be alkaline or neutral. In people with reflux, it's often switched. They have very low digestive fire. Their stomach is slightly more alkaline, which makes actually a huge difference. And then their esophagus starts to become acidic and the tissues can change. Then they develop something called Barrett's esophagus, where the cell structure is completely changed. So I ramble a lot. I know, I'm aware of that. <laughs> but my point here is that pH imbalances are present in most people with reflux. So the stomach should be acidic and the esophagus should be neutral. It's often switched, so that can also contribute to reflux. And there's also other contributors like dehydration, Obviously, we need fluids to secrete. 
there's mineral imbalances. We need minerals to create stomach acid. Poor diet, of course. If you're not eating right, yes, you're going to be more at risk for reflux. So number one, (laughs) very simple fix. Rushed eating. That is a huge one. If you're not chewing properly, if you're drinking too much with meals, you're increasing the pressure. One, because the stomach has these whole pieces of food that it's not going to be able to break down properly. It's going to increase the pressure. And then downing a bunch of water during your meal is also going to increase the pressure. So there are a lot of different contributors here. And I could go on and on and on. But taking all of that, the overall theme I want you to get is reflux is not an acid issue. It is how the acid is getting there. And stopping stomach acid production is not only not effective, but it's going to cause more problems as the root causes of reflux are not addressed. That was my first episode, you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed. Stay tuned for my next episodes. I will go more in depth about how to address reflux from a root cause perspective. And then also IBS, how IBS is a BS uh, diagnosis and what actually causes IBS. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for supporting my new podcast please give me a good rating. Follow me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, pharmacist with F-A-R-M, and I'm also on YouTube as The Gut Pharmacist. Take care, guys. Stay healthy and be well. Hey there. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com, where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.